The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to the Raiders Podcast Network, your official home for all things silver and black. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome into the Silver and Black Show. I'm Amber Theo Harris. The Raiders face the Broncos in a season finale that on paper doesn't count. Both teams have been eliminated from the playoffs. But for Antonio Pierce, it matters big time. Mark Davis has a tough decision to make, most likely within 48 hours after Sunday's game. Does Davis remove AP's interim tag, or does he look for a new coach? Every piece of information gathered on how this team responds to Pierce is crucial. Ownership will look to answer questions like, when there's nothing on the line other than professional pride and their head coach's future, what do these players do? Do they come out swinging like they're still in the hunt, or do they look uninspired? Pierce, at best, can finish 5-4, and four, but three of those four losses were one-score games. So to date, this Raiders team has battled under Coach Pierce. And Sunday, we'll find out if they believe they have one more thing to fight for. To talk more about the future of the Raiders, let's say hello to Raiders ESPN NFL Nation reporter Paul Gutierrez. And Paul, I know you're going to be a busy man (laughs) over the next couple of weeks, so we appreciate a little bit of time. Happy New Year. Same to you, Amber. Thanks. And and again, we're talking offseason. What offseason? I mean, this is just kind of the thing. I mean, we're talking about not only the the head coach, right, but also pretty important positions that need to be filled when it comes to the general manager and and also the quarterback. I mean, and all those things are kind of just interconnected uh, going forward because you ask one question about one of those uh, job uh, descriptions, and it op- opens up 27 other questions about each one of those other things, too. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit busy, but, hey, that's what we're here for. It's fun. Well, hey, that's why you get paid the big bucks. Let's break, let's break it all down. Um, how much do you think – let's start with Antonio Pierce. How much do you think this last game influences whether or not he gets the full-time job? Uh, it depends upon whether or not they, they come out and, and they're, if they're flat and they get embarrassed. Then, yeah, that, that's going to be a big strike uh, against him. Um, he's shown a lot already. I mean, blowing out the Chargers at home, beating the Chiefs on the road for only the the second time in in over 10 years. Those are huge marks that go for him when it comes to Mark Davis. Um, You know, the the flat effort uh, uh, early on anyway against the Colts, um, losing three to nothing, a record three to nothing, a record low scoring game for an indoor game. Uh, against the Vikings that the, you know those kind of even things out there so um, it all kind of depends upon which way Mark Davis wants to go with this and we saw this storyline play out a couple years ago the the locker room was solidly behind Rich Basaccia and uh, Mark Davis the Raiders owner he wanted more of an X's and O's guy so he went that way it didn't work out we'll see now though if he takes the temperature of the locker room more so this time than he did two years ago I know it's hard to take the temperature of every single player and hard to pull everyone but where do you think the players stand on Antonio Pierce, do you think the majority believe he should be the head coach? Um, yes, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no there's no other way to put it. Devontae Adams has come out and said, that's my vote. He gets my vote. I want this guy back. Um, it, it was very similar, again, to two years ago when you had guys in there standing up and saying, yeah, Rich Basaccia, they rallied behind him. They got to the playoffs, and it just didn't work out for him and that staff going forward. This feels different. This feels different because – 
there's something that's really important to Mark Davis, and Mark Davis told me this at the time when he when he promoted Antonio Pierce uh, from linebacker coach to interim coach, was that he understands the culture of this organization. As they say in the introductions at the stadium, right, Amber? There's 31 NFL teams, and then there's the Raiders. <laughs> and he understands that, and he gets it. He was, as he said in his introductory press of the day after Halloween, uh, he was the guy growing up in Compton, rocking the, uh, listening to NWA, rocking the, the Raider caps and things like that. And um, I'm of a certain age, too, a certain vintage, so I remember that well. So that means a lot to Mark Davis, too. Beyond that, it's about winning games and, and being in games. And you mentioned that earlier, that they've been one-score games. Even the game that they lost big against the Chiefs at home, they were up 14 to nothing. So they've been in every single game. I know you just mentioned Devontae Adams. We know he's being vocal, but do you get the sense that the players are being asked their opinion by ownership? I, I know they're offering it, but are they being consulted? Not, not the rank-and-file players. The, the bigger name players, the Devontae Adams, the Max Crosbys, those kinds of guys. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt that, that Mark Davis has a unique relationship with the, the faces of the franchise, so to speak. The same way that, that his father, the late great Al Davis, did uh, when he was running the organization back in the day, too. There were certain players that he would go to to get the temperature of the locker room, like I said earlier. So, yeah, there's certain guys in there that are going to carry a little bit more sway, and, and uh, I think you have to look and see how many zeros are there in their paychecks. Those are the guys that are going to have some <laughs> opinions that are going to weigh a little bit more. Well, I, I doubt Aiden O'Connell's opinion is being asked because he's just a rookie. But look, he had he had 10 games to convince the Raiders that he should at least get to compete for the starting job sure. next year. Where do you think he stands in that effort? Again, it all depends. So that's one of the questions, right? <laughs> they're you say, all connected. Yeah, they're yeah. all connected because who's the general manager next year? Who, who makes that call? Who's the head coach? Who makes that call? Antonio Pierce hitched his wagon. To, to Aiden after he benched Jimmy Garoppolo when he was uh, when he was assigned the, the job. Um, you know, there's going to be lots of names floating out there, whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's a, a certain quarterback from Michigan, if there's a certain Michigan man running the organization. There's, uh, you know, it, do they trade up to try to get one of those top two or three quarterbacks that can be there? The Heisman Trophy winner shouted out AP um, it, when he won the Heisman because of his connection with him going back to, uh, to Arizona State. So, again, we can't really – there's more questions than answers, obviously, but for this uh, situation right now, it's even more so. I want to get the temperature of some of the players because I know you talk to them a lot. And starting with Devontae, you know, I think a lot about Devontae. He kind of was put in a position he didn't sign up for. He came here to play with his buddy. He had a quarterback change. Then he had a, a coaching change. And then he was put with a rookie quarterback. And he's remained very professional all throughout this. Where do you think he stands right now? And do you think, I mean, they have him under contract for another year uh, at least. It would be a lot of dead cap money. But do you think he's saying, I got to know, guys, what you're doing here at quarterback? No doubt. Because, you know, those, those – uh was it Taco Bell commercials? They they can only go so far, um, but but no, he's 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 the ultimate pro. Yeah. He's the pros pro. I've talked to him many times on the record, off the record. Of course, those off the record conversations are going to stay here. But there's stories that I've written where I've talked to him before the the firings and the replacements happened midseason. He was telling me that. This is not what he signed up for, exactly what you just said. And there was a frustration starting to build in there. He's still on pace for, for a, a good season. I know he's an alternate for the Pro Bowl. Um, it, it's, it's in danger of, of breaking his Pro Bowl streak. But, you know, it's one of those weird things where what if they do want him to, to move up in the draft? He is probably the biggest uh, trade chip that you have. And I'm not advocating one way or the other, but if you want to move up right now, uh, the Raiders would pick like 11th. That's probably those top three quarterbacks are all going to be gone by that point if that's the decision whoever the GM is wants to go. Um, so it, it, that kind of defeats the purpose, right? If, if you're going to trade Devontae Adams to bring in a young quarterback, well, who's he going to throw the ball to? Not a potential Hall of Famer. 
in Devontae because he'll be gone at that point. So they're going to have to figure that out as well. And also, again, take uh, Devontae's temperature to see exactly where his mind is, where he wants to be, and what he thinks too. And that's not letting letting the, the players kind of uh, run the situation. But, yeah, there's, there's certain players, like we said earlier, that uh, their words, their actions are going to carry a little bit more sway in the decision-making process. You know what, Paul? I was going to ask you a question about what direction you think they'll, they'll go at quarterback, whether it, you know, be aggressive and move up in the draft, as you just spoke about, or you mentioned Justin Fields or Russell Wilson even. But I can't even ask you that question because I know your answer is going to be, well, who's making the pick in the draft? Who's the GM? Who's the coach? So a lot of unknowns when it comes to the quarterback position. But let, let's move on to the running back position. Um, it's obvious that the Josh Jacobs situation wasn't handled very well last year. Um, what about Champ Kelly? If Champ Kelly stays as the GM, do you think that he will sign Josh to a long-term contract? I, you know, here's the thing: is that, that that if you had asked me that three weeks ago, you probably would have said, well, "Sure, absolutely." But at what price? Now you see what Zamir White uh, pre provided the team and, and showing what he can do. And and again, it's it's part of this weird situation in the NFL where where running backs are being the position in and of itself and the contracts that go to running backs are being devalued so, so much. So if you can get similar production, if not better production, for a fraction of the cost, that's where you go. And that's why the high-profile running backs were so upset during the offseason and holding out and holding Zoom calls and trying to figure out what they wanted to do because of that situation. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll quote the, the godfather here a little bit. It's never personal. It's always just business. <laughs> yeah. But it feels like it's personal business here for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, mama, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs. Mm -hmm. uh, throw, throw them out there in the flat. Let them catch a pass. <laughs> <laughs> Make more money. Um, let's talk about the defense. The, deep, the defense is top eight in scoring. That's really impressive from where they right. started. Um, they morphed into this dominant unit kind of right in front of our eyes. From a roster standpoint going forward, do you think they keep much of this unit that's very young together in 2024? Again, who's who's the defensive coordinator now? You know, but, <laughs> that but was, yes, that yeah. was my follow-up. Yeah, I mean, if AP's there, then the defense probably gets to keep their coordinator. If if not, it's a big change. I mean, there's so many unanswered questions. And, and that's the thing. I yeah. mean, if we're just operating in a bubble here, and, mm -hmm. and let's just say, yeah, it is Antonio and Patrick Graham comes back. Yeah, I think they want to keep that unit together because. Dare I say it? This is a borderline elite defense when it is humming. And mm -hmm. we've seen this thing hum for about the past month or so. And even, again, talking to Devontae Adams, he liked it. He said it's kind of exciting to see the defense carrying the team. Then he stopped himself and realized, well, that means that the offense isn't doing carrying its end of the bargain. Okay, yeah, it's not that exciting, but it's pretty cool for the offense to see that. So, again, this we're, we're talking, you know, and I, I consider myself kind of a Raider historian. I can't recall the last time a Raider defense was able to carry a team to victories the way it did. And even when you're losing three to nothing, the defense did its job. They did, and, the, and there were a couple of gems, I think, that they found on defense. Everybody was looking at Tyree Wilson. Meanwhile, every, a lot of other people emerged. What was the biggest surprise for you? It can be offensive uh, as well. Just a player that you wouldn't have thought would have gotten an opportunity or would have emerged that really contributed and that you're excited about for 2024. You know, and it's, it's, this is going to be kind of a cop-out here because it happened so recently, but Jack Jones. I mean, the guy is a, a, a kind of a game changer out there with the way that he played at cornerback, scoring the, the pick sixes in consecutive weeks, how friendly and amiable he is in the locker room, how open he is to talking about things. Now, I'm talking about from a reporter or a beat writer uh, perspective. Love that kind of stuff. Um, beyond that, just how Robert Spillane really kind of commandeered that defense from the middle linebacker position and, and wearing the green dot, because this is a guy who hadn't really done it 
on a consistent basis before. So if you're looking at one consistent that's been there from all the way through, and I know Max Crosby is in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, as he should be, but he's probably raised his bar so high. If you're asking who's kind of a surprise, I'd have to say Spillane or Jack Jones. I agree with you. Hey, Paul, thanks so much. You're always a wealth of information. Uh, I'm going to be checking in with you a lot because I feel like you're the man with, with all the answers going forward. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you. That's my New Year's resolution. The Raiders look to finish strong against the Broncos this Sunday. Former Raiders linebacker Matt Millen will be calling the game for Fox. He joins us now for his perspective on the Raiders season. Matt, Happy New Year. It's good to see you. Happy New Year to you. Good to see you as well. I think the last time we spoke was preseason, so I haven't talked to you since Antonio Pierce was named interim coach. What's been your assessment of the job that he's done these past two months? Well, first of all, you have to understand when you're stepping into the shoes that he did, that is not easy at all. The biggest thing you've got to be able to do is get the confidence of the team. And although you may be, in his case, you know, he was a linebacker coach, but if you're a coordinator, offensive or defensive, it doesn't guarantee you that you're, you uh, have the confidence of anybody. So um, I think what he's done is he's really done a nice job. Um, I mean, they're four and four with them. You'd like to see more wins in the column, but everybody would like to see more wins in the column. Uh, I just think he, he's done a good job and instilled some confidence. And, uh, and I think the players like him. And I think, you know, there's, that's a difference. Uh, it makes a difference. And so, I think Antonio is should be considered, um, and I also think you have to consider, you know, have to consider others. But uh, I think he's one of those guys who's done a nice job and deserves to be looked at for the head job. Well, as you said, the guys like him. Uh, they speak a lot about Antonio Pierce being a former player and that they connect with him because of that. You've been coached by guys who played in the NFL, like Tom Flores, and then you've been coached by guys who didn't, like Joe Gibbs. Is there a difference for you? No. So the biggest thing is, um, as a player, what you want is good information, and you want honesty, and you want straightforwardness. And a lot of those characteristics people aren't comfortable with. I think I was always comfortable with it. Just tell me exactly what you think. If you think I'm doing fine, you, didn't, you don't need to tell me because I already know I, I, I think I'm doing fine. But if you think I'm lousy, you think I'm not doing something right, you got to be able to have the guts to be able to come up and talk to guys and tell them, look, you got to get better. Here's how you get better. You got to be able to correct this. You, you can't get caught in this. And, um, you know, so you just have to be pretty straightforward. I think Antonio does that. It does help him that he's uh, a younger guy, and it does help that he can relate to the players. He did play. And so, and he, and he was a good player. So I think those are all strong things. But there's a lot of good players that have gone into coaching and have not had success. So you still have to have the ability to be able to lead. And that's something that's really hard to talk about. I mean, easy to talk about, but hard to do. And most people are, when they have that quality, it's something that is, um, it's something that they're kind of just born with. And a natural born leader, they're hard to find. And when they can relate to people and do that, then, uh, then you're way ahead of the curve. Well, you called that for, let's talk about the game. You called that first matchup against the Broncos back in week one. And if you look at this defensive unit now, it feels like a completely different defense for the Raiders than back in week one. What are the differences you have seen the growth over this year? Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, they're playing together now. 
way more than what they did in the beginning. And I think that happens in this this age of free agency and, you know, adding guys and taking guys away. I think they uh, it, what they lacked early, in my opinion, and uh, is is physicality. And uh, and I think versus the run, that was the thing that I wanted to see improve. And I think it did improve. Um, so the football, the game that's being played right now is not the same game that I played. And so you have to be able to adjust. And I think they have adjusted. Um, it's more of a passing game. But what they do decide to run on you, you, you still have to maintain some of the traits that, um, you know, you got to be tough. You have to be physical. And if you can't do that, you're going to struggle. So I think they've been able to do some of that. You know what? They've had some guys really come on, you know, and, and you look at the history of the Raiders. They have a history of great linebackers. You're, you're one of them. They have a guy like Robert Spillane that came over as a free agent. Um, that's really been a nice addition. Do you think he can be the long-term answer as, as a guy to man the middle of, of the field there in the linebacking core? Well, they picked him to be that guy. So the answer is he better be, right? And so I think he's played well. I think he's played solid. Um, you, you want him to take another step as well. Don't forget, this is another system that he's in, uh, coming from another place. So I, I think, um, I think, yeah, I think he's played. I think he's played pretty well this year, and um, I, I, I do think overall the front seven has gotten better as the season has gone on, and that's a positive. When you're calling this game, you're going to be looking out there, and you will not see Russell Wilson as the quarterback of the Broncos, which is kind of bizarre to, to a lot of people, probably played his last game in Denver. I'm sure you guys will, will talk about that a little bit during the broadcast. But I'm wondering, do you think the Raiders should maybe give him a look in 2024? I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of teams that uh, look at him. Russ didn't play for him. He, played, he actually played pretty good. Um, but you're going to have to be able to adapt to what he does, and he'll have to adapt to, to you. So I think... With Sean Payton, I think Sean uh, tried to tried to adapt and just he's just not used to a guy taking off all the time, and so I think sometimes what happens is you call a play, you put it in, you're setting this play up for you know maybe from the first quarter you did something and now you want to work off of something else, uh, a play that's been in previous, and uh, so you you work to get to that point and then you make the call with an expected outcome and then. You know, Russ doesn't see it right, and he just takes off and runs, and that's his game. And so sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but I think from a play caller's point of view, you're like, what the heck is he doing? Why is he Why is he running out there? And so um, I think that's that can get frustrating for both sides. I, feel, I still think that Russ I – th- I think Russ is a good quarterback. I just – I think if you do get Russ Wilson, Russell Wilson – you're going to have to understand exactly what he is and make that fit. You have to adapt to him. So instead, the Raiders are going to see Jared Stidham, who they know very well, was here last year, won a couple of games. Um, What kind of offense do you think the Raiders can expect from the Broncos with Stidham? Well, with Stidham, it'll be, it's going to be more of a, so he's not, you know, he's not going to have the movement. He's not going to be one of those guys who's going to uh, scramble around and, and uh, you, you don't have to worry about breaking coverage as much. Now, it's not that he can't. He just is more comfortable not doing that. And so you'll see a more uh, an offense that is more kind of to the liking of what Sean Payton does. Sean's, you know, Sean sets things up. 
He'll work one thing off of another. He's, he's good at it. He's an excellent play caller. Um, the difference is uh, while you will get some movement, you're not going to get Russell Wilson movement. Matt, uh, on the other side, you know, the Raiders offense has struggled to score points with that. I know they scored 63 points against Chargers, but that, with the exception of that game, they've struggled to score points. Um, and you know what? The Broncos defense has played a little bit better of late. How should Bo Hardegree attack the defense? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think uh, I think Denver has gotten better against the run. I think the three young linebackers over there that are pretty good. Um, they're not they're not a defense that uh, tries to get up the field very much. So their defensive line. So I think we're going to see kind of a, co- a carbon copy of what we saw at the beginning of the season. Um, it was a close game. All we came down to one point to miss a uh, mix extra point. So I think um, <clears throat> we'll see the same. And tried to just uh, get a run game going. It's going to be a little more difficult. Although Zamir White's playing pretty good. I, I like his game. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So that's another good thing. But I think you get your game. Your uh, you got to protect your young quarterback. You know, we keep forgetting that he's just a rookie. And, it's you know, he's a fourth-round pick. And so uh, it's not like there are high there were high expectations immediately for him. But I think that Aiden's kind of answered the call, and I think you still have to protect him. I think you have to be able to run the football and then throw when you want to throw. And if they can do that, if they can dictate the passing game, then I think you're you're in pretty good shape. You think Aiden's done a good job? Think he could be the starter next year, or do you have to look at a bunch of people? I still think he has a ways to go. I, I'm, I want to talk to him just because, you know, I had him at Purdue. I liked the way he, he saw the field. I you could see this, the steps that he took uh, when he was at Purdue as he grew into the job. And I think the same thing is going to be now. He's going to be a lot better next year than he than what you're seeing right now. He is being force-fed um, week by week. Even, to, even now, there's some carryover. But being a rookie and being in this, being in the National Football League, it is, you know, there's a lot of great players who are in the Hall of Fame who are, not very good in their rookie year. We're playing Denver right now, right? So that's good. Take a look at John Elway's first couple of years. You know, it was. It Peyton was Manning pretty, struggled too. But you could see. Yeah, everybody does. I mean, especially as a young guy, very few young young players don't struggle. And so, there's the struggle there now with Aiden. But you know, I think he's, I think he's a smart guy. I think he learns fast, and I and I think uh, given time, he'll be he'll be a solid player, but he's not there right now. So you have to protect him. All right. Well, Matt Miller, thanks so much for joining (laughs) us. We're looking forward to hearing your call over on Fox and happy new year to you. Enjoy it. Same to you. Thank you very much. And go Raiders. Welcome back. The Raiders defensive line has definitely been a strength of this team. And Malcolm Kuntz has been a huge part of that. Malcolm, thanks for joining us here on the silver and black show. This team has really never quit through a very, very tough season. You guys know that the playoffs are, are not in reach anymore, but what is your motivation for this game? Uh, just playing, just enjoying it. Like, you think about days like this when you're like a, like a young kid, so it never gets old. So you're always excited for game day, no matter what, if there's no playoffs or anything. You guys do know Jared Sidham well. You were on this team last year. Um, is this Sunday an opportunity to see him up close and personal, as Antonio Pierce said? He oh, said, yeah. well, we're looking forward to seeing him up close and personal again. Yeah, definitely see him in a, in a different light, if that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going up against him, you're pretty familiar with him, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, I had somebody tell me, 
you don't only sack the quarterback, you sack the ball. You go after the ball. Mm. Where's that, what is that mentality? Uh, well, I think that's one of the best plays in football. So anytime you can take the ball away from the offense is always like a great thing. So getting a sack, it feels good. But getting a strip sack feels even better. So. Who taught you that? Just to, where did that start? Just practice, practice. It's been a big focus, right, yeah, this year much, of, yeah. of, of Patrick Graham. Yeah, just get the ball, yeah. Somehow. Um, seven sacks, 16 quarterback hits. It's really been a fun year, by far your best year as a pro. What would you say has clicked for you this year? Uh, I think more just focusing on being consistent, like not just having like a splash play here and there, just mm-hmm. trying to be an overall a good player. So, yeah. Well, I imagine having a guy like Max Crosby around kind of helps. Yeah, he definitely. he sent out a tweet after the Kansas City game, and it mm. said, Malcolm Koontz, that's the tweet. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did see it, yeah. <laughs> What did you think when you see that? I mean, here's, here's a guy that could win Defensive Player of the Year, giving you that type of respect. I mean, I, I appreciate Max. Since I've been here, he kind of took me underneath his wing. So anytime Max give me any type of praise, it's always, always good because seeing him work day in and day out and seeing him be the first one in, last one out, it's always, it's always great. Do you think that's rubbed off on the entire defense? Yeah, definitely. Definitely kind of like trying to take some characteristics from Max because Max is going to give 150% every play, no matter what. You can't tell if he's tired. You can't tell he's the same person every single play. So you definitely got to match his energy. We'll, well try to match his energy. Well, I tell you, you've been looking like that out there. And that Chiefs game, that was, that was really fun to watch you out there on Christmas Day. You became the first defender to sack Patrick Mahomes three times in one game. He's, he's been around a long time, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Did you reflect on kind of the gravity of, of that accomplishment in that game in particular for you? Uh, I don't uh, – in the moment, no. I don't really think it, um, like, set in. I mean, now I kind of think, about like, oh, wow, that was really cool what I did, but – um, I think that week I was just focused on just winning the game. <laughs> That's yeah. it, yeah. What led to having such a great game? Because Patrick Mahomes is hard to catch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just uh, just like PG's plan and defensively understanding that it's going to be a game where we're kind of like chasing around, like, you know, when you have like a toddler and you kind of chase him around <laughs> a little bit. So, yeah. It's the old Rocky Balboa chasing the chicken yeah. around yeah, the yard. Yeah, much, it's yeah. just like that. Um, this defense has definitely been the backbone of this team this season. What can you point to as why it's improved so much, uh, especially from Patrick Graham's first season? Where are you here to the second? Um, I think it's a number of things. It's, uh, I think, comf- like us being more comfortable with the scheme. Uh, also, I think, uh, like you said earlier, like an emphasis on getting the ball. So just trying to get our offense in the best, uh, like best place so they can play the best. So I think it's like focuses like that. What would you say that the identity of this defense is, the mentality is of this defense? I'm sure you guys, it, it almost seems like you identified what you wanted to be and then you guys morphed into that. Yeah. Uh, I think our identity is probably just just go 110%, kind of like when we was talking about like with Max and his effort. So definitely Max being like the leader of like kind of our defense, mm-hmm. um, just trying to match his energy of just giving it all every single play. So. We've talked a lot uh, in this show about Antonio Pierce and his future. In your opinion, should he be the, the head coach of the Raiders next year? I love AP, so I, I love if he was the coach next year. So, yeah. What has he brought to the team? Just personality, just, just overall vibe feels good. It, just, it, it, it feels right, if that makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense, and yeah. I think that bodes well for his future to have players say that. Malcolm Coons, thanks so much for being here with us. We can't wait to see. I know that you're going to be getting after Jared Stenham, and even more so, we're looking forward to, to next year in the silver and black for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Raiders Podcast Network. 
for all things silver and black, download the Raiders app and visit Raiders.com.